Radio. One of the problems perhaps we could identify in the world today is that there is a crisis of saints. So the answer to a crisis of saints is to make saints, it's to become holy. And how do we do that in a very practical way? Well, one way of becoming a saint is just to look at the lives of the saints and copy them, so imitate them. And one thing that we see in the life of every saint, like a foundation running through their life, is a life of prayer. Prayer is something which is essential to the Christian life. It's never an optional extra. And the readings this weekend very much point us to that fact. Moses, in that first reading, has his arms raised up in a prayer gesture. And whilst he has those arms raised up with the staff of God in his hand, then Israel begin to win the battle against the Amalekites. But when his arms fall, then they begin to lose. So it's a, a metaphor, if you like, for our own journey through life. When we face our battles, our hands must be continually raised in prayer if we are to win the victory in the end of eternal life. And raised arms is a gesture of prayer, but also a gesture of utter dependence on God. God, you are the one who can conquer the evils in my life. You are the one who can really help me. In the parable, Jesus is underlining the same thing. Jesus, whenever he gives instructions to his disciples, it's for a reason. So Luke introduces the gospel by saying, Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. Why would he say that unless our tendency is not to pray continually, to give up on prayer and to lose heart and to begin to despair. That's always a ploy of the evil one, to make us give up on prayer and to make us give up on asking God for the graces, the blessings we need. And when you think about it, once we begin to give up on prayer, then logically we begin to give up on many things. So if you want to turn your spiritual life around, begin to pray, begin to really um, give that time to God. To drive home the parable, Jesus compares God to an unjust judge, which is a bit ridiculous in a way because of course God is neither unjust nor is he merely a judge. God is a father. How much more then will God respond to us when we pester and nag him because he is a loving father who cherishes us. And that is a central truth of our faith, that we are loved and cherished in a way that we can't even imagine by Almighty God. But we must reflect that love that God has for us in our response to him. And the way that we respond to him, or one of the main ways 
we respond to him is through prayer. Isn't it a sign of our lack of faith when we don't pray? And as I have already said, when we don't pray, actually other, begin, other things begin to fall apart. We stop going to Mass. We stop practicing our faith. We begin little bad habits, telling lies, being dishonest in small things, gradually bigger things. The spiritual life tends to be a, a slope going upwards or downwards. We don't tread water anywhere in the middle. We're on a trajectory. So it might be good just to think of some practical ways that we can pray and to give a few tips on prayer. And I don't, don't give tips as some kind of expert, which is sometimes what people imagine when they see a priest speaking. They think, oh, he must, you know, he must really pray. All I can say is that you might not have known many priests if you, if you think that, because we struggle um, just the same way as everybody else. So I speak as a fellow traveler, as one who tries to pray, but also struggles, not someone who has cracked it. Now, there are all sorts of different forms of prayer. Last week, we saw about thanksgiving. We saw the lepers giving thanks to Jesus. And there is prayer of thanksgiving, which is a beautiful thing to do, where we really praise God and we acknowledge him as the source of all good things. Of course, a lot of the Mass is about that, one big act of thanksgiving. But this week, the Gospel focuses more on the petitionary side of prayer. So prayer which asks God for things. So picture that woman pestering the unjust judge. That's an image for us in prayer with God. To pester God with our petitions, to keep on going and never to give up. We should persist even in the face of doubt or apparent failure. That's what Jesus is asking of us. But very practically, what do we need to do if we want to pray? Well, an obvious thing, but often forgotten, is we need to set time aside for prayer. It's true that we can say, you know, things like, well, when I work, I'm praying, or when I'm going to Tesco, I'm praying. And it's not a bad thing to lift up um, the ordinary things in our life to God in that way and to pray whilst we're doing other things. But that is not a substitute for prayer. It can become a cop-out because it's really that we don't want to dedicate any time to prayer, which we must do if we're serious about praying. So we must dedicate specific time to God. And if we haven't ever really done that, then I suggest that we start small and we build up. So be faithful to whatever you decide and build up slowly and keep on building up. When you should stop, well, that's possibly for you and your spiritual director. It depends on many things. It depends on your vocation, your state in life, um, the commitments you have. But there's always time for prayer. There's always time because there's always time to do what's truly important. And we ourselves find time for those things. So give time. Be honest in prayer. So don't um, create a false persona in prayer 
don't put on a kind of mask that sort of, you know, airbrushes um, your appearance in the eyes of God. God knows your heart. He knows the reality. So just be honest with him. Don't put on a mask. When Jesus speaks in the gospel, he talks about God's chosen who cry to him night and day. That's an image of prayer as a cry from the heart not as a well-crafted petition, not as a really beautiful piece of prose that we deliver to God. It's an honest reflection of what is within us. And sometimes our prayer is very much full of pain and anger. And that needs to be given to God too. We need to speak out of reality. Don't neglect the word of God. We heard in our second reading, all scripture is inspired by God and can profitably be used for teaching, for refuting error, for guiding people's lives and teaching them to be holy. So if we want to hear God speak to us, if we want God's wisdom in our lives, we need to turn to the word of God. We need to turn to the scriptures, to the Bible, Through the scriptures, God sheds light on our particular situation. He speaks to us through the words that we read. And we can't just read them like a novel. The word of God is to be prayed with. It's to be pondered. It's to be mulled over. And it's also to be studied. Because the more we understand, the better um, God's message will be able to get through. The more we know the more we're able to love. So ponder, mull over the word of God and God will give you gems which are hidden only for those who search for them. And don't neglect the Eucharist. Now, I'm lucky, I live next to a church and I even have um, the Blessed Sacrament reserved in a room in the house. Not many of us will have that um, that great opportunity to pray in front of the Eucharist. But if you get the opportunity, take it. Because to pray in front of the Eucharist, to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament, is a great privilege. It's the real presence of Jesus. It's not that God isn't present everywhere, because God is omnipresent, present in every place. But we talk about this real presence for a reason. We point people to the Eucharist because we can say, there is Jesus, there is Jesus. And we come before him in prayer. When we launched the Adoration Chapel, just in the Lady Chapel there, hopefully um, roughly December time, we'll get an opportunity to sign up for an hour of adoration of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And that's a privileged time to be able to grow in intimacy and knowledge of God, the God who loves us, the God who can't wait for us to come and spend time with him. So we end up in adoration. We are in the presence of Jesus, the healer of souls. Jesus, the restorer of our bodies, the one who gives us our lost zeal, the one who recharges us, the one who pours out 
his Holy Spirit upon us. The gifts and blessings that come from adoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament are innumerable. There's so many. You read all the time about people who've had amazing conversion experiences in front of the Blessed Sacrament before Jesus, because it really is him. All we need is to have the faith to give God the time to come before him and open our hearts to him, and he will do the rest. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.